Hey, welcome to After Church Apologetics. I'm Courtney Seacrest here with Dr. Chris Jakeway and Pastor Leo Wilson, and we're inviting you to join us today in uncovering the truths that will challenge, inspire, and expand your perspective on Christianity. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to After Church Apologetics. Today, we're answering the question, are women allowed to lead ministry or be pastors? This is a, an interesting question because churches have different views on this, right? Uh, uh, all the way back to the Old Testament, we see women as uh, leaders in ministry, some very prominent examples. Uh, the prophet Deborah, in Judges 4 and 5, she was the leader of the nation of Israel. Uh, the Bible says she held court in the hill country of Ephraim, and Israelite men went to her for leadership and to have their disputes settled. And in the judgments that she gave, Scripture portrays her as speaking directly on behalf of God. Uh, women also contrary to what some people might think, had a role in writing scripture. This is true with the prayer of Hannah in 1 Samuel 2. Around Christmas, we talk about the prophetic words of Mary in Luke chapter 1. Uh, I spoke recently Sunday morning on uh, uh, 2 Kings 22 and King Josiah. He went to the prophet Huldah for counsel because she was recognized as speaking for God. So there are so many biblical examples. It's kind of curious to suggest that God couldn't uh, work through women. We come to the New Testament. There's Lydia in Acts chapter 16. Uh, under her leadership, her house becomes the center of the Christian church in Philippi. Uh, there's Priscilla in Acts chapter 18. She was an evangelist and teacher with her husband, Aquila. A lot of times people say Aquila, I guess because it rhymes with Priscilla. But uh, uh, what's interesting is her name is listed first in the text, which is very unusual for the time. It suggests that she had priority over her husband in terms of teaching. Uh, there are other passages that clearly point to women doing ministry and even exercising authority in the church. So when we look at the spiritual gifts lists, uh, there aren't any gender stamps on these. I think sometimes the idea is, well, women are going to uh, be doing things like the gifts of mercy and helps, uh, you know, ministry, but then men would do all the, you know, teaching and everything else. And there, there, there aren't any gender stamps on them. Yeah, I think we see that a lot today in the church. So this is good because what you're telling me is that I can keep my job and I don't have to just make coffee or change diapers or in the church nursery, right? Yeah, or <laughs> or decorate for Christmas or plant flowers outside. Those think, are all things we want people to do. Yeah, but it uh, doesn't have to be just women. It doesn't have to be right. just women. Yeah, yeah, like Chris said the 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 language there isn't masculine or feminine. It, for those gifts, they're they're just. It could be applied to anybody like that. Okay. I think, you know, sometimes in that question, just thinking of examples, like he gave a lot of good scriptural examples. But even like with Timothy, you know, Paul tells him, it's like, hey, you know, 
I'm going to bring you along. I want you to teach. His father was Greek, but Paul says, hey, I remember your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice. You know, they, they were great in bringing you up. They were leading him. They were his, you know, inside the, the family. They were the people who spiritually led him to have a better relationship with God. Paul, multiple times in Scripture, you know, talks about the idea of his co-workers in the faith and uses all sorts of feminine names. Chris mentioned Priscilla, these people who were tent makers with him. And he talks about co-workers. These are people who were alongside of him to serve him. And over the years when, when I've heard this brought up, and I'm not saying this is every case, so just hear me out on this. I know it's not everybody who has this, but so often when people bring this to me, there is this concept of like, like I want to lead, right? Like I want to be a leader. And I, I, want, I don't think everybody appreciates what kind of responsibility it is to be a leader, especially if it's like a dictator type of leader. Like, are you going to be the sole head of that church? Like, because that means everything is responsible to you. I don't think that's so healthy. I, I think this desiring of leadership to serve would be a good thing. And it's not wrong to have leaders, but I think some people desire it for just a little bit more of a personal point of view. And my argument would be this. I don't think that any single leader is good. When God was addressed by the Israelites and they're, he's, they're talking about, we want a king. He's like, you, you don't want a king. You know, and he tells them what's going to happen. He, he you, you want you want me as king, but you don't understand that. But this idea of a sole point of leadership is just not healthy. I, I think the church, like our church, for example, being congregational, not with the capital C, but with the little C. In other words, the congregation has a say in how the church is run. We have a team of elders. We have lead staff. We All of this works together so it checks and balances. I don't even think it's a good idea for a male to be the single leader. Like, I think that's unhealthy. I think we've seen that over time in scripture and in, in politics and everything else. I think that this... This is a, a, a bad thing. So I wish people would understand that. Like, I think Paul's saying that's a bad idea, period. And I agree. But I don't think we should just seek after it. Like, I want to be in charge to disprove somebody or to prove to them I can do it. That's mm -hmm. the wrong reason to want to lead. Yeah, or just for the sake of having somebody of the opposite gender. Well, they might not be the most qualified, but let's put a woman up there just so that it's a woman. Yeah, 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 the token, right? Yes. You like put her yes. on the team so she's just there, and that way we can say that we're fair and equal. It's like you should put the one who's qualified for that. You know, another example that uh, came to my mind here was from Acts chapter 21. For all the people out there saying that the Apostle Paul says women are disqualified from ministry, uh, the four daughters of Philip the Evangelist all prophesied. So it's clear that there were women in the early church that God had equipped to proclaim his word. Yeah, so what would you guys say if somebody said, well, Paul says I don't permit a woman to teach and she should be silent in church? Well, the context there is, uh, and there are a couple passages where this comes up, uh, it's what we've talked about in another show with interpreting uh, scripture properly. The context was uh, there where women weren't educated, and it would be the equivalent of saying, um, don't have people speak in church who don't know what they're talking about, whether they're men or women. Yeah, I I always wonder what's behind it, too, when people, like, they talk about that. Like, let's, let's understand the proper way of what Paul's saying, the context culturally and stuff like that. But how do you want to apply that? 
you know, like, what's your goal in that? Because you have all this other scripture we just mentioned, and you have these passages. So they have to systematically work together. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're going to dismiss it, then you have to sit there and explain, well, what is the proper role? Because you see all of these things recorded in scripture of women leading. So you have to find the proper balance. The context of scripture as a whole should help you understand what that does and does not mean. You know, I think some people just want to pull it out put it there and it's like, this is what I'm going to do instead of looking at the whole thing. Right. Paul also says our message to you is not yes and no. So scripture doesn't contradict itself. So he can't mean in those places that women can't ever speak in church Mm -hmm. because in other places, uh, women are uh, encouraged and uh, uh, appreciated for doing so. Yeah. Philip's daughters, as you pointed out, right? The actual examples of people doing that. Yeah, and that's all we have time for today, but we are going to do another episode on when the Bible does seem to contradict itself, and we're going to address that common misconception. We'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out with us on After Church Apologetics today. To submit a question for a future episode of our show, you can email us at podcast at bcfriends.org. Remember, the pursuit of truth is ongoing. So we'd like to encourage you to continue seeking and engaging with the topics that we've discussed for yourselves. And as we conclude this episode, we want to remind you that respectful dialogue can bridge gaps and build connections. We'll see you next time.